today to This Needs to Be Said, TNTBS, and I am your host, Catherine Waddell. There is such a need for people to be able to be truthful today. We've been tactful all around the world, and in the midst of that, trying to fit in so we conform, we want to be accepted. Then one day you ask yourself, what is my truth? While digging through a lot of baggage, gathered from wanting to belong somewhere and not sure what you believe, there's a crying out for all those things that should be said that are not being said. No longer will we pretend that there are no issues to address or that we are only going to talk about certain ones. This show, coupled with our blog site and our website, will be the beginning of you finding your way. There is an elephant in the room. Let's talk about it. You were thinking it. We're going to talk about it. Thank you so much for joining us today for This Needs to Be Said. You're going to get to hear from one of our newest commentators today, Ms. Angel Dunworth. Check out her website at CheshireGrinPublishing.com or StreetLightHalo.com. She's going to come up today and talk with us. Uh, I I want to warn you a little bit. It's going to be a a little bit of a tense topic. Uh, When she raised it to me, I was like, yikes, because I don't like to talk about this topic either, but it's an elephant in the room. Addressing the topic of sex and your teens, all right? So we're going to get that conversation going in just a moment after this short break. And for all of you natural girls wearing natural hair, uh, whether it's yours or you're not, no, seriously, if you're wearing your hair natural, completely natural, whether you're sporting a fro or curly or straight, but it's naturally your hair, we're going to talk with someone who has an ancient hair secret that she uses, but also some of the things that you just encounter and how can you, you know, really tackle those hair dramas. Oh, my gosh. I saw a picture of myself from ninth grade a week or so ago and the struggle my hair and I had. Oh, my goodness. God bless my mom. (laughs) The hair struggles. And as adults, sometimes we still have them. So someone's coming later on in the show to talk with us about natural hair and how to really love your natural hair experience. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. But in the meantime, get your pen and paper out because class is in session. Can a wise-cracking, thousand-year-old parrot, a girl grieving her mother, and a boy missing his father save two worlds? In the new fantasy thriller Whip Eye, Samantha and Jake have 24 hours to face their greatest fears and find out if the supernatural staff, Whip Eye, can defeat an ancient evil guardian. Chased by monsters and unsure who to trust, can Samantha and Jake learn to trust each other? This fast-paced adventure is about trusting yourself, protecting others, and discovering the beauty of nature. Over 100 different species of wild animals are mentioned. Whip-Eye is a unique blend of magical creatures and wildlife, a surprise-filled story that will appeal to readers of all ages. Watch the Whip-Eye book trailer on YouTube. Whip-Eye, book one of the Whip-Eye Chronicles by Jeffrey Sign, getting great reviews everywhere. Whip-Eye at Amazon.com. I am a dreamer. 
Modern firewalking movement, Tolly Birkin, has firewalking instructors training now, scheduling in November 2014. Now is your unique opportunity to learn from the most internationally renowned firewalking trainer in the country. Step into or enhance a career that can pay for itself the very first time you present a firewalking seminar. Tolly has personally trained many celebrities, including Tony Robbins, and has written eight books and has been featured on Mythbusters and Inside Edition. Space is very limited. For information on how to register, go to www.thefirewalkingcenter.info.
Thank you so much for tuning in today to This Needs to Be Said. Today we're on with Angel Dunworth of www.streetlighthalo.com, and she's one of our newest commentators. You've heard us before. We had her on for a two-day period, and she decided to join us, so she's now family, and she has a lot that needs to be said. Angel, what do we have going on today? What are we talking about? Um, I have all kinds of elephants that have teen sexuality, including prostitution, sexting, and teen pregnancy, and all sorts of statistics for you on um, sexually transmitted diseases and things like that. Wow. Ouch. Um, And I'm itchy, I think. (laughs) I don't want to think about my teen having sex and then, oh, gosh. Okay. So I'm going to turn it over to you. I'm going to get my pen and paper out. Class is in session. When you think about you know, teens in the back seat of the car, you don't usually think about the worst-case scenario. But the truth is that one in four teenagers tonight, today, has STDs or STDs. In other words, sexually transmitted diseases or sexually transmitted infections. That is kids between the age of 15 to 24. That is 50% of all the new sexually transmitted diseases, but they only make up a quarter of the sexually experienced population. The problem with the teens today is that they don't think that if you go all the way, you know, then you're not a virgin, but if you only go half the way, you're still a virgin, you can't catch anything. That's really not true. Ladies and gentlemen out there, honestly, if you are having anal or oral sex, you are not a virgin. Sex is sex, I don't care how you have it, you're no longer a virgin. With or without penetration, it's still sex. You would be surprised how many teens don't think that way. And that leads us to uh, the topic of, of teen prostitution. Because a lot of the prostitutes in school these days, you know, when we think of a prostitute, we think someone who's down on their luck, you know, they, they, they don't have really high self-esteem. Um, they're not doing too great in school. They probably uh, just need needed some extra money. That's not always true. Sometimes it's the, the girls in the better homes that are doing it because they want the better clothes or they want the better shoes, and they figure that it's perfectly safe and it's perfectly fine because as long as they're not having oral or, you know, as long as they're not having regular sex, as long as it's only oral or anal, then they're still virgins. They can still get STDs and STIs this way. Um, prostitution in the school is becoming rampant in America. Um, human trafficking always was, but they're becoming younger and younger. Pimps now are preying on victims as young as 12 to 14 years old. And that's in America. I'm not talking about Laos or, um, you know, Korea or other places. I'm talking about the United States of America. This is going on under our own roofs, in our own homes. And the thing is that victims are targeted, tricked, and traumatized, usually. And the thing is that it it can take a long time to trick someone, but if your kid is talking every night on the Internet and you don't know who they're talking to for hours and hours and hours, it's not really hard for someone a little older with a little more experience to just manipulate you into thinking that, oh, I'm your friend, and I'm going to take care of you. And no, your parents don't understand, but I totally get where you're coming from. You know, because kids yeah. always feel misunderstood. Even they're really not, but they really do feel that way. 
And if uh-huh. we don't bother to keep our discussions open with them, where they can come and ask us anything without being judged, that can happen more easily than you think. Wow. Also, um, also our um, the pimps and the predators, they're not just working on the internet anymore. Um, just like a just like a child predator of any type, they will know the type that they can target. They normally they know by the way they dress. Uh, sometimes a girl who's not comfortable with her sexuality will dress down, will dress more like a boy. Kids that are neglected, they show signs of neglect. Well, guess what? If they're not being taken care of at home, there's certainly an adult out there who is willing to step up, but not always for the best reason. They Uh know this kid's already down on their luck and that they're searching for some kind of love or some kind of parental figure or some kind of guidance or mentor. And they're willing to do that for you. We have to remember that our kids aren't as savvy as they like to pretend or as we like to think. We like to think that if we just tell them, absolutely not, don't you ever, that they're just going to hear that and remember it and and that's going to be their whole life. The truth is, so they don't live in our words. They live in the real world. And there are lots of different things out there. You can tell me 50 times a day that a bully is bullying me because they're jealous, but I don't think they're jealous of my wedgie, so I don't believe you. Do you see? So parents kind of have to sometimes stop preaching and just listen. Because at least if you're listening, they're not looking for someone else to listen. You'd be surprised how many predators and kids out there will take advantage of that sort of situation where a kid doesn't feel like they're being listened to. So... um, Another thing, another thing is that now they don't just get them from the Internet. They get them from the shopping malls, from the websites, from the schools even, local streets, bus stations. They, they're going to be your friend. They're going to be your great savior. They will lavish you with gifts and all the things that you ever thought you wanted. And then later you find out that that's because you owe them something. They will give you a lot of things and then guilt you into it. Or oh, some of them will get you hooked on drugs first. And some of them are just handing you drugs for free because once you're addicted, then they own you. And they don't just they don't just own your flesh. They're kind of owning part of your soul too because if you think about in 20 years, if you decide not to do this anymore and you meet someone that you love and you want to marry them, well, how do you say once you fall in love, well, honey, we should ought to get married. Something you ought to know first. <laughs> I used to be a hooker. A lot of people are not going to take that real well. So that's mm-hmm. something also for, for teens to think about. No, that that wouldn't um, be something, Angel, that I would. <laughs> I wouldn't. I don't know that I could share that, and I don't know if that's something I would want to hear. Wow. But, I mean, we, we all have, you know, experiences by this age in our lives. Uh, that we, you know, we've experienced things that we, you know, we're not are not too proud of. But as we're thinking as parents and we're looking at our children, um, how do how do we approach how do we approach that? What is one solution you could offer um, the children? I mean, simply, you know, if our children are being neglected, of course, don't neglect your children. But for the kids that are doing well off, their parents are well off, and they want nicer things. How do we help that child not to feel misunderstood and 
to keep them from falling prey to those who will take advantage? Just spend time with them because children that are well off and are normally doing these things with the clothes and the shoes, they're doing it because they feel neglected in another way. Mm. You guys are always at work. You guys are always on trips. You guys are always doing... You don't spend any time with me. You don't listen to anything I have to say. I'm going to look outside of of this little home unit, so-called, and, and find my own friends and my own life. And some kids, even it's just a kind of a rebellion thing. So if you if you don't open your mouth and say to them, you know, this is really what's going on. Let's let's talk about what's really going on in the schools today, you know, and, and what do you think about that? And actually listen instead of just sitting there and preaching. I think that actually, as my grandmother used to say, a stitch in a stitch in time saves nine. You're gonna you're not gonna have as many troubles down the road if you just take the time to know your kids and be around your kids, listen to your kids, and watch your kids because they are still your kids. Until they're 21, you can be sued over them. Therefore, at least for that reason, if for nothing else, you should be watching everything they do. Is it overly protective? Well, yes, but you're not just protecting your child who is too naive to know better. You're also protecting the assets that you have worked for all your life. So if you have to look at it like that in order to take an interest in your kids, go ahead and look at it like that. But either way, take an interest in your kids. They are genuinely human beings, and they do have minds of their own. They did when they were two, and it's multiplied by now. So a lot of the girls that are in the better homes are saying, well, you know, because we felt ignored, you know, um, nobody paid us any mind. Everything was always, uh, you know, your formals for work or, you know, the things that you wanted us to do, the the little um, soccer clubs or whatever that you put us in. And we didn't really get to make our own choices. So in this way, I will make my own choice, you know, because I have control over my body. And you don't. And that's basically one of the one of the things that girls will do, especially girls who don't know how to speak their mind and have their own voice, um, in order to get back at you for it, and in order to have some control over their life. It's funny how many te- how many things in the psychological profile that I looked up on teen prostitutes is almost synonymous with eating disorders because um, even though they don't necessarily have eating disorders, it's still that teens seem to think that the only thing that they have any control over is their own body, their own flesh. They don't understand that their actions always are going to have consequences or if they are going to have consequences, you know, well, maybe for everybody else but not for me or those consequences will come three years from now, but by then I'll be dead because I'll be old when I'm 21 because a lot of kids think that way. They're just, they don't look at the, long, at the big picture because they really don't believe it's ever going to apply to them. There's no way that you can make them understand that it's going to apply to them, but if you at least take a lot of time with them, hang with them, know where they are, who they're with, have them call in. I mean, they may be, okay, I'm going to go spend the night at my friend's house. Okay, well, but you're going to call me before you go to sleep, and you let me talk to her mom so that I know that there are parents there. A lot of kids are going to parties these days, and they're called rainbow parties. And the kids don't see 
any problem with rainbow parties. What a rainbow party is, if you have small children, please ask them to leave the room again, is when a bunch of girls and a bunch of guys get together and the girls put on different colors of lipstick and give the boys oral sex, each one, until they have a rainbow. Okay, the problem with that is one kid in that group gets an STD or an STI, everybody in that group has it. But the girls don't see anything wrong with it because they're still a virgin. One thing that we really need to sit down in America and talk to our kids about is the fact that if you're having any kind of sex, you're not a virgin anymore. You're not, you're not the Virgin Mary. Um, sorry. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. Once you're having sex, even if it's just heavy petting, you're having sex. And you need to get proactive about it. You need to be protecting yourself. You need to be taking care of yourself. And I do know one preventative trick that's really good for parents whose kids have decided that, well, you know, I have sex with him anyway, and you can't do anything about it. Um, <laughs> this is an experiment that was actually shown on TV a, a long time ago, but it actually works. If you parents know someone who has a newborn child and they are willing to lend you that newborn child for 48 hours, and you put that teen with that uh, newborn child for 48 hours, uh, of course, with your supervision, but you make them understand that every single need that that child has in the next 48 hours, they must attend to. Um, within that two days, most girls statistically will wait two years longer to become sexually active. Wow. Now, they've tried that with a baby doll or an egg, but you're saying an actual child is most effective? No, it has to be an actual child because you don't have to go out to the store at 3 o'clock in the morning for a baby doll. Nope. Wow. A, a baby doll doesn't <laughs> puke on you. You don't have to change its bottom. Do you see what I'm saying? There's so many, th- and, there's, and when a baby gets sick, a lot of kids don't think about that either. There are kids out there trying to get pregnant. They're not thinking that, you know what, a baby is not immortal. It will get sick. That will scare the crap out of anyone. I don't care how old you are. But when you're a teenager and you're supposed to be taking care of it and all of a sudden it's running a fever and you don't know what to do, it's going to put a thought in your head. Because as I tell my daughter and have told my daughter every day of her life, you better be ready to have a child on your own because even if he's married, he can leave. And that's the truth. And when she starts thinking like that, oh, my gosh, this might apply to me. And the baby might get sick, and I don't know what to do with it, and I don't know how to take care of it, and I can't go to the store at 3 o'clock in the morning, and it has a fever. There's no one to watch it. What do I do? Then kids will start putting it in perspective because finally it's like a visual learning thing. Finally they have something that is real that they can draw from. Well, I don't want to go through that. (laughs) So I'm going to probably – you're just going to have to wait, honey, you know, and – and that's really something that I think women all across America should be doing, women, teens, everyone. You know, instead of relying on abortions and birth control to be um, the end-all, say-all, why don't we start opening our mouths? If we aren't ready, isn't it valid to say, I'm not ready? I when agree. did we yeah, lose yeah. that right? Huh. There's a lot of women in the world that think that you don't have that right. Yes, you do. Men have that right. Why don't you have that right? Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I have no problem with birth control. It's I, I think that people that are having sex should use it. I think that people that are having sex should be safe about it. But I still think we should come to the point again in our lives where we say, this is mine. And I'm not going to just give it to anyone. And you're just going to have to wait till I'm ready. Because if it is that important, then it's worth waiting for. Don't you think? Yeah. Okay, let's see. What else we have? Here, another thing that girls do not think of as sex is sexting. And boys don't think of it as sex either because basically we're just taking pictures on our phone or email and we're just sending them to each other and it's a real laugh. And that really what the reason that they're doing it is because it makes them feel attractive. And that it actually is the end-all, say-all, bottom line. I know there's a lot of articles out there that will disagree with me, but I've interviewed teens that are doing this, and every single one of them has said, we did it because it was hot. It made us feel hot, like we were good looking. Okay, yeah. well, the problem with that is that sexting is actually illegal. And if you are a teenager and you get caught sexting, you are going to be registered as a child predator for the wow. rest of your life. That includes prison sentences. It includes having to live so many miles from school zone for the rest of your life, so many miles from playground for the rest of your life, so many miles from a church for the rest of your life. Now, try doing that math in your head. Where's that place? It's going to be posted on your lawn that you're a sexual predator because you had to take a picture, because you didn't think there was anything in yourself that could make you love yourself except a picture of yourself to show to whoever. Another thing about cyberspace is once it's in cyberspace, it's there forever. And any hacker can get hold of it and put it anywhere they want. So even if you trust your friends, do you trust everyone on the Internet? Because everyone on the Internet eventually can have um, access to it. And what if one of your friends get, gets angry at you in a week? Says, well, I'm going to post these all over school. Is that okay? Because if you didn't want the whole school to see it, you probably shouldn't have put it up there. There's a rule of thumb for the Internet. If I wouldn't want my grandmother to see it, I'm not going to put it out there. Your phones as well as your computers can be hacked. There are people out there buying pictures of kids that are just sexting that have no idea that it's going on and they're putting them on porn sites. So if it sounds like a really good idea to be a porn star for the rest of your life uh, because that's what you were labeled as just because someone hacked you, uh, go on ahead. I don't advise it though. Um, a, a foundation estimates that... Um, I'm sorry, the Internet Watch Foundation estimates that 88% of self-made explicit images are stolen from the original upload location, like social networking sites, and they are available on other websites such as porn. Percent. That's a lot. That makes me worry about putting baby pictures up there. Okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it it mm-hmm. really does. Now, that is called sextor- sextortion. Not extortion, sextortion. But once it's out there, there is no way to get it back. There's no way to erase it. There's no way to get it out of cyberspace. You don't know how many people have shared it once it's out there. So even if they shut down the original site that hacked it, that doesn't mean that every person in America doesn't already have a copy of what you just sent out. That's something I think kids really need to take into consideration. 
because just like your parents say, it'll follow you forever. That one actually will. That one actually will. You know, and you don't want to be, geez, look, this is my two-year-old, and I'm married, and I'm happy, and all of a sudden, up pops a picture of mom, just all kinds of naked, and how do you explain this to your kids now? See, because 20 years down the line, you're going to still be alive, and that's going to still be out there. And so it's going to still be a problem. Okay, let me see. So um, now I guess I, I would like to talk a little bit about, oh, there is one thing I would like to mention, if it's okay. It's not it is completely okay. Developed. Does it need to be said? <laughs> yes, it does. All it's right. not exactly uh, in completion yet. But there is a company working on um, a new nail polish for the date rape drug um, mm. that will change the colors of your fingernails if you touch something that has a date rape drug in it. Wow. I think that is the coolest idea ever. <laughs> I think you're right. Girls truly believe, and, and actually a lot of boys believe, that date rape means that you have to be slipped a roofie or a Mickey or something that's going to make you unconscious and then people you don't know. That isn't necessarily true. You can be dating someone for three years and be their you know, closest boyfriend and girlfriend, but if you say no and they decide that it's yes anyway, that is still considered date rape. No matter how long you're in a relationship with someone, your body is your own body, and this decision is your own decision. No one is allowed to ever take that from you. No one. I don't care how much they say they love you. I don't care how they make you feel guilty that, you know, they're going to go off to college soon, and then, you know, and and they'll be gone, and you'll see other boys, and uh, no. It's your body. It's your decision. It's your choice. Try to think of your body as how would I want my future husband to view me. If I want my future husband to view me as I didn't mess with that many people before we got married, then maybe you should not have messed with that many people before you get married. Mm. But you also need to remember that your body belongs to you, not them. And even when you're married, not them. Men have gone to prison for raping their wives. It does happen. Men have gone to prison for raping prostitutes. It does happen. It is a law. So if it is a law, it must have happened a lot. It's time for females and males also, because it, it happens to boys too, to, to, go, to come back to the beginning and claim body that we were born with, that God gave only to us, if you want to say it that way. Because it is only mm-hmm. yours. Mm-hmm. No one has the right to violate that. It was uncomfortable and it was inappropriate when you were two for someone to do something you didn't consent to. Guess what? It's just as inappropriate now for someone to do something that you don't consent to. Wow, just we, wanted to. We covered a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! So I'm 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 wanting to hear updates when that when you get more information about the nail polish because I think that will be. Awesome to um to be able to detect something like that, you know. And it's interesting how careful we need to be um, with our kids. But just you know, whatever you need to do as parents, 
do that and, and build those relationships. You don't have to dress like your child, but, you know, be there, not be their friend, but be there and be approachable. Don't always, you know, put them down or tell them what they don't know. You know that they don't know a whole lot and they're inexperienced because they haven't seen a lot. They haven't been here long enough, but you don't have to remind them of that while being nurturing and caring and loving to your children. And our teens are still our children, and, yes, they want a little more freedom, but I love what you said, you know, about the guidelines, you know, you going to spend the night, okay, I need to be able to speak with their parents when you get there, and whatever your guidelines are, the checks and balances that are put in place, just to keep our kids safe, and also helps us with peace of mind, too. So, yeah, it might be a little, you know, overprotective, as you said, but, you know, keep our kids safe. And they're going to thank us, you know, in the long run for us being um, connected to them, not overbearing, but connected to them. This has been great. Angel, will you give your website before we go? Of course. Um, the the website with the resources is www.streetlighthalo.com. There's all kinds of resources on there for people. And then if you want to buy my books, www.cheshiregrinpublishing.com. And thanks for talking with me. Oh, I look forward to the next time. Thank you so much. Okay. Well, talk to you later. Are you stressed out with all the changes and technical knowledge you need to know to run your website? Would you like to spend your time running your business and let the experts take care of all your web needs? Introducing Honesty.im, where you can have your very own web therapist working for you in your business. Have your web therapist increase your site exposure as well as your sales and conversions while you do what you do best. Get your expert web service now at www.honesty.im. How long can you continue struggling through life without addressing the pain that was injected into you as a little girl? What will it take to help you heal from your past? Are you ready to begin your raking journey? My Little Girl, A Guide to Healing Your Past is a 15-page workbook that is guaranteed to jumpstart your healing. Visit angelstaronline.com to invest in your healing. You absolutely deserve it. That's angelstaronline.com. After 30 years of experience in hair replacement, our directors at Yorkshire Hair Replacement Clinic are leading experts in hair loss. We assist males, females, and children of all ages suffering from thinning hair to complete baldness. Services include volumizing, laser retention therapy, non-surgical grafts, and we offer free scalp analysis. International clients travel for our expert discreet services. Contact us at yorkshirehairreplacementclinic.co.uk. We'd love to help. How would you like to have beautifully shiny and healthy hair without compromising your health or values? At Evolve, our shampoos, conditioners, and styling products are free from harmful ingredients, are cruelty-free, and offer amazing performance. Our formulas contain unique blends of natural, active ingredients not found in any other hair products and produce results you can see and feel. 
To learn more and order, go to evolve.com. That's www.evolvh.com. In a world where businesses are plagued by overwhelming numbers of difficulties, one support network will rise to protect business owners from devastation. Dreams Woven Support Network. Under the guidance of the experts at Dreams Woven, business owners will be able to stay focused and stay motivated as they work their way toward their dreams. To run a business is to fight in a battle, a battle against a fleet of hardships that threatens to bring the business toward failure. To win that battle, one must have the adequate resources and a plan to combat the seemingly endless barrage of hardships. With the power of the Dreams Woven Support Network, obtaining the resources and plan for the battle of business is simple. By using the multitude of tips and resources provided by Dreams Woven, one will be able to vanquish any hardships that arise and bring one's business to success. 897 is all it takes to acquire the power of Dreams Woven. Sign up today at dreamswovensupportnetwork.org to achieve success for your business and to have your dream woven into reality. Thank you so much for staying tuned to This Needs to Be Said. I told you all the topic that Angel would cover would be heavy. We're getting ready to lighten things up just a little bit. We're going to talk about the struggles of natural hair just a little bit, and we're going to get into some business topics. You know, I always want to know the business behind the gift that a person has to bring um, to us today. Mr. Mika Royster will be joining us in just a moment. Listen, get your hair questions out. If you can inbox them to me on Facebook or even give us a call at 347-994-3320, that would be great. Um, to ask any question uh, that you may have, let us know. I'm telling you, I personally have my own hair struggles. If you saw my ninth grade picture on Facebook the other day, you know I had hair struggles. At this time, I'd like to welcome Ms. Tamika Royster to the show. How are you? I'm fine. How are you doing? Outside of struggling with my hair, I'm wonderful. <laughs> I have good days and I have bad days, so I was excited to have an opportunity to um, talk with you about your discovery. But before we get into hair, talk a little bit about you. Introduce yourself to the This Needs to Be Said audience. Well, as you said, I'm um, Tamika Royster, or I say T. Royster, and I'm CEO of BlackCareGrow.biz. My background is totally different. It has nothing to do with hair. I've spent 14 years working with the criminal justice system, Um, I also have a degree in psychology, and I'm a stress management therapist. So to me, to connect the dots, it just didn't make any sense. It it had to be something bigger than me. It had to be a God thing. So that's when I started learning about purpose and, and gifts and why people are on this earth. And that helped me to do a lot better with the business and reach out and help other people. Mm hmm now we're gonna we're gonna I'm definitely gonna ask you some questions about you know the business of it because I always want to know someone can take what they're passionate about or what they feel like they were purpose to do and turn it into mm-hmm. a business, but I see a lot of people struggle with that, so we absolutely need to um have some of those questions in before you leave us today, all right okay now 
with me, <laughs> let's get to the nitty-gritty, now with me and this hair, uh, <laughs> how do you um, get hair? A lot of people, I think, when I first saw, when I first noticed that it was happening, people were wearing their froze or they weren't um, going to get it chemically processed anymore. There was a struggle going on. They thought the transition was just going to be neat. They go to the hairdresser that day and they have this nice style, and then the next day, they start recognizing things like dry scalp or things they didn't have to deal with before because it wasn't an issue um, because they had the chemicals either covering it up or the lack of the chemicals was now exposing what was left there, whether it's dry, brittle hair, um, uneven, breakage, all of those things in the transition. And some people said, listen, I'm going back to the processing of my hair because I'm not looking pretty anymore. Uh, let's mm-hmm. talk about the transition from chemically treated hair to um, – wearing your hair natural, what have you discovered or what have you learned with the people you've helped? Has been, what, I guess, I've learned, go ahead. what I've learned first, and I tell this to everybody, number one is you have to love the hair that you were given. Hair is not something that you can change like a pair of shoes. Now, you can get artificial hair, but it's not the hair that you were given. You know, when I was growing up, I would hear people say, oh, she has good hair. Oh, she has nappy hair. We have to learn to appreciate what we have and not separate ourselves from somebody else that may have longer hair or faster growing hair because if so, you're not going to appreciate what you have. We can't spend $350 on some weave to cover our hair up, but we won't spend $10 to put something in our hair to nourish it. That means we don't mm-hmm. love what we have first. So when you talk about going natural, first of all, I give a shout-out to every sister going natural because – it has become a trend. And when I see mm-hmm. natural hairstyles, to me, that's power. That, that's Nubian power to say you love who you are and you're making it look good. So mm-hmm. there are different forms of transitioning. For me, at first, I didn't want to go straight into using a natural style because I like to go back and forth sometimes. But I like to just, for me, hair softener is for kids. So when you go into Walmart or your family dollar or your dollar general, you'll see two little girls on it because, again, it's a kid's product. It's used to underprocess the hair where it's going to break it up a little bit where it won't be so hard to comb if it's tangled. But on the same token, it's going to help revert back to that natural curl after so many months, and you'll start seeing your natural curl pattern, but it'll have a little bit of softness to it. So it's not a perm. It's just a softener. And then you have people that go straight to the natural look, and that's when you definitely need to keep a moisturizer and deep conditioner in there. Mm-hmm. Now, does that yes. mean I'm going to have my hair wet all the time? Because now I have really long hair. I've always had long hair. I've cut it into different styles and cut it really short and it's grown back or whatever. And I didn't mm-hmm. know what my natural hair was. Um, and I've heard, had people say I have good hair, but because it was permed, I, I assumed and I, I never saw what my hair looked like. Like, I didn't know what the natural pattern of my hair was because even as a child, my mom had it hot combed or processed or some, something, somewhere she could manage it, I suppose. Um, so getting to what it really looks like, it was hard for my eyes to really accept this is what your hair looks like, you know, and then mm-hmm. how to take care of it. But when it was wet, it seems like, okay, I need to keep it wet in order for it to be cute. Talk to me a little mm-hmm. bit about that, because I know that's a lot right there. For us who didn't know what our hair really looked like before, how do we know if, you know, what we're doing to our hair to get it natural? Is this what it really looks like? How do I begin to love that? So what I'm hearing you say is 
how do we enjoy the hair that we have in a natural look when it's such a difference? When you go from the straight hair that you can wrap and, you know, wear a certain style to your natural texture. To me, mm. I think it's important to, um, if you can, find a hairstylist that specializes in natural hair. First of all, it should be a lot cheaper because you're not getting chemicals in your hair. All they're doing is washing it and conditioning it. You shouldn't have to sit under the dryer for a long time because they're using your natural hair. Um, uh-huh. So, again, it should be less expensive. That's a plus. Once you find a stylist that specializes in natural hair and you can kind of watch what she or he is doing, you can mimic that. A true hairstylist is not somebody that can just roll your hair and comb it. A true stylist is somebody that can look at your face, look at who you are, and say, this will probably look good on her. They can help bring out that beauty within you. That's just my opinion. So you you have to invest in ways to see what looks good for you. Also, hair magazines. There are hair magazines that specialize in natural hairstyles. YouTube. You can go on YouTube and just type in natural hairstyle, transitioning hair. And there are so many videos that people have put on there to show how they do braid outs, twist outs, bantu knots. And then you try things. Don't be afraid to try something and fail. Because if you mess up, just mm-hmm. wash your hair and start over. So you, you have to be enough, not like with a perm at all, right? Exactly. It's not what a, like with the perm. You put relax in your hair or put dye in your hair and it starts falling out. That's different. But with natural hair, you mess up, you don't like the style, just wash it or put it in a ponytail and try again. But, again, it comes with that self-love of the hair that you have. Because once you start loving you and your hair, you're going to enjoy playing in it. You're going to enjoy trying styles. And if you're not creative, again, that's where a stylist may be able to help. Now, uh-oh, excuse me. <clears throat> now, how did, hold on a second. My voice is going. How did you discover, you know, your natural hair texture? Was that something you were seeking to find, or did you stumble upon it? It was something that I was seeking to find. I know as a child um, I can kind of identify with you because I was one of the kids with those big curly afros, and it was so pretty when you washed it and put the oil on it, but when it dried, OMG, I would have a hard time combing it. It was tangled, you know, combing through, and it sounded like firecrackers going off. You know, it's just tangled. Yeah. It's a mess. Yeah. <laughs> so, so when my mom started putting relaxers in my hair, it seemed like it was more manageable, and then I would wet it to, you know, slick it down or whatever. And I got used to always wetting my hair to make it act right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to me it looks good when you wet it just like like you say, but when it dries, that's when you have a problem. And I just got to the point where I said, let me slack up from the relaxers because I was putting them in my hair so much that it started damaging it. It started shedding. Then when I get relaxers, mm-hmm. sometimes I would get burned. The last time I went to a stylist and got a relaxer, I had like three sores in the front of my head. To me, yeah. that was a sign that, that I was going in the wrong direction and I needed to do something different. And for me, I was I was thinking or I was told, you know, you know, beauty costs. It's going to be a little painful. Yeah, you're going to have sores. You're tender head, like every excuse, and I, I kept it. And I finally, one day, I was like, you know, I don't know what my hair is going to look like, but I'm tired of this. So I just mm-hmm. stopped. Mm-hmm. And there were some days where it, I, I'm not a hairdresser at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank goodness. I, I understand. Didn't, God didn't give me daughters because they would have had crooked ponytails and some of everything. <laughs> but maybe I would have learned. I don't know. But they would have started out rough. But 
and my hair looked a mess. I, I put it back in a, in a ponytail, and and it wasn't the most flattering thing, um, but it, it was what I could do. And it was mm-hmm. like, okay, my scalp feels better, and just being able to say, okay, you know what, when you wash my hair, you can be gentle with my hair and still remove, you know, the dry skin or the dandruff or whatever. You don't have to scratch my skin off in order to get, you know, to clean my scalp or whatever. And just trying different things. But still, you know, I still to this day run into, okay, what am I going to do if I have to, you know, wash my own hair? I'm still running from the rain. Like if it gets frizzy, Mm -hmm. oh, my goodness, okay, now it's not laying down anymore. Or frizzy or puffy wasn't the hairstyle I was going for for this week. So mm-hmm. still looking at those things. So you said just for me. I never thought about that. Of course, I'm thinking about it being for the babies. Um, what Tell yes, us about, you know, huh? Yes, the just for me hair softener. That's correct. They have a hair relaxer too. So the, the first time softener. I messed up and I got the wrong one, you don't want the relaxer. You want the softener. You just want a softener. softener. Okay, make mm-hmm. sure I make a note of that. Now, I want you to, um, I know that your background and your discovery, they don't necessarily intertwine. So I want to hear the story about how you discovered the product that's made your hair and your daughter's hair um, naturally beautiful. Now you're able to truly appreciate, you know, your hair. So tell us that story. Well, first of all, um, I'll piggyback a little bit on what you said a minute ago about having the poof and then you're going out in the rain and everything real quick. I just want to say sometimes you have to come up with little foolproof plans or little options that you can do. Um, And what I mean by that is, for example, if you know you're going to have good days and you're going to have bad days, on my bad days I have like a headband that I use, and it's a really large headband. So I can put my hair back in a ponytail and kind of bun it on the end, sort of like how Tracy Ross does on um, Girlfriends. And then I put the band yeah. around it, and I have my certain earrings that I wear to accessorize it when I do that. And that way, if it's raining, because the band is so big, you can't even see the poof. You can't even see where it's messed up. That's just one of my little plans. Um, when it gets a little poofy, I might do a braid out and just wet it, braid it up, and then just let it be full. I mean, you have to have little backup plans in case your plan mm-hmm. messes up that day. And, again, okay. the headband is my little plan. Okay. Now, as far as, um, as far as how the company started, it started probably about seven or eight years ago, and I never released it to the public. It was just something that I used on myself and on my daughter. I'm, I'm the type of person that I'm a dreamer. I would always dream stuff ever since I was little, and a lot of times it would come true, and I would come back and tell my mom, Mom, you know, I dreamed this, or this person was going to die, and this, this, and this. A lot of us have insight. We just don't tap into it, or we get afraid. So I was one of those mm-hmm. people that entertained it, and I was told to start keeping the dream journal next to my bed so that I wouldn't forget what I dreamed, and I can get up and write it down. So this particular night, um, I was dreaming, and I was seeing writing as if a letter was being written to me, and this is like the third time this happened. It was in cursive in different colors. And this was my way of saying God communicating with me because for a lot of people, if you live a busy life like myself, you, you can't receive information like you should when you're asking for information because you're too distracted. You're on all kinds of stuff mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with what you're going through, and you can't focus. So sleep mm-hmm. time is the time when your mind is at rest. So that's when things would come to me, and I started seeing this recipe and what it was good for. 
And when I woke up, I wrote it down. I wrote down everything I saw in that dream, and I started studying it. And then I got a certification in holistic therapy because I love holistic therapy. And I said, I believe this is a recipe for hair. And then another recipe came to me for pain because I was in a lot of pain in my back at the time. And so mm-hmm. I tried it on myself and on my hair for years, and people would say, you know, your hair is so pretty, and, you know, it's growing so well. What are you using? I said, oh, just this oil that I have. But I never told anybody about it for about five years. And that's why it was called a secret, ancient secret. Ancient because the products that are used in it, some of them have been used since 2000 B.C. You can't get more ancient than Egypt. Okay. So that's how I formulated the name Ancient Secret. And mm-hmm. so um, I was at home one year for back surgery. I was at home for three months, and I had nothing to do but stare at the wall. I was used to going to work every day, working a corporate job as a director, having to deal with tons of people. You know, I had like 2,000 inmates and 52 staff members. So to make me sit down and be still was unheard of. Like, i got to do something. So I started... Mm-hmm. You know, just praying and focusing on my life. And at this moment, I was very unhappy in the corporate world. I was miserable. And I was online on Facebook, and I told, we were talking about hair. And I said, well, I don't use anybody's hair product as far as moisturizer in my hair but my own. And a lady said, well, what do you mean your own? What's the name of it? And what is it? And so I told her, and she said, well, how can we get some? I said, well, it's not for sale, but, I mean, if you're serious, I can send you an invoice. Another lady said, well, what about me? You know, I want some. And so I sent her an invoice. And then people started buying it so fast that I just created a website and started a business. And within a year and a half's time, I had to quit my corporate job because I couldn't keep up. And it just grew Mm. that fast. And that's why I'm an advocate of giving back because I believe this is a gift that was given to me so that I can share it with other people. Wow. Wow. And that, that, that in itself is amazing, Given, paying attention to the voice, paying attention to what's been given to you to do. And what I want to know, because this is what typically happens when someone does listen to the voice and they tell other people that that's what they did, were you met with any objections? Yes. When I first started advertising and marketing, people, there, there were people that we like to call haters, Okay. They felt like, who is this African-American woman talking about she had a dream, like she Martin Luther King, and came up with this formula to help grow your hair? Not only does it help grow your hair, it helps moisturize it. It has medicinal purposes where it helps heal the scalp for psoriasis, shingles, dry scalp, dandruff, even eczema. So when you talk about this, and this is something that you just came up with in a dream, People mm-hmm. look at you like, are you serious? But then when they saw how fast it was growing, and not only do I have customers in the U.S., I'm shipping internationally every day, whether it's London, Canada, France. I just shipped to the United States rights uh, a couple of weeks ago, places I've never even heard of, Saudi Arabia, everywhere. Wow. People started shutting up because they see, okay, well, maybe this is real. You know, maybe she is on to something. Maybe God can show people things. We see so much drama and negativity that when we see something real, we don't know how to accept it. Some people say they want power. Some people say they want power and and powerful things in their life, but they're really scared of power. So, therefore, what you don't respect, you won't receive. If you went to church next Sunday 
and somebody died, and they're having a funeral, and the pastor said, well, such and such could raise the dead. I'm going to touch this casket, and this man get up. I promise you, if that dead man raised that whole left side of that church, going to clear out because <laughs> they, they want power, but they really fear it. So that's why a lot yeah. of people don't have it. Wow, and I have to agree with you on that. I, I wouldn't have put it in those words. I actually wouldn't have even known what to formulate it. Well, as you're saying it, I can see that happen. I can see. We we say that. We say I want a certain thing, and if it happens too fast, or oh, that can't be real, or that's not it, or yeah. it's yeah. not the way we expected it to come, whatever it is, whatever excuse we use to blind ourselves to, we have to suffer a little bit. I think people feel like they need to suffer a whole lot yeah. in order um, to really be in a position to receive something. I don't, and I've prayed, you know, do, do not put me through anything. Just just tell me what I'm supposed to be doing, and I'll do it. You know, I don't, I don't, I, me and God have had that talk a whole lot. I don't have to go through a, I don't like pain. <laughs> just tell me. I, I think we, I'm a good, I try to be a good I listener. Think, go ahead. I think a lot of us don't like pain, and what you're talking about is some good stuff. I mean, this is real talk. And a lot of people don't like pain, but what they have to understand is in order to get to change, you got to pass through that 300-pound bodyguard type called pain. And what I mean by that is with pain comes change because you have to do something different to get something different. And if you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to keep getting what you got. So a lot of times people are comfortable in where they are because they don't want to do something different. And sometimes you got to be uncomfortable to get comfortable. You know, before I got to this point, I was working two jobs. I would go to work at 930 in the morning. Here in Dallas, I ran an office out of three different cities within Dallas. I had to be responsible for all these people and everything that was going off. Didn't get off of work till 630, came home, went, got supplies, and would work until 1 in the morning to build my business because I didn't want to mm-hmm. quit and the business wasn't at a level to quit. I was pulling mm-hmm. every bit of 16, 18 hours a day. You talk about uncomfortable? I was tired, but I had to be uncomfortable for a minute to get comfortable. Now I can sit at home, work, turn on my little spa music, do what I need to do, and get my stuff done. But I had to go through a point of pain in order to get to change. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I like, can't I like be that. Of pain. Now, before we, because I, I want to ask you some questions directly related to business, but we're going to take a short break. Before we do that, Give um, everyone a website that they can go to to find out more about what you do um, as far as the hair secrets. Okay, the website is blackhairgrowth.biz. Once again, blackhairgrowth.biz. And the name of the company is Ancient Secrets of Beauty. All right, we're going to take a short break. I'm going to get back here with you. We're talking with Ms. T. Royster. And I want to ask you some business questions when we come back from the break. Is that all right? That's not a problem. We'll be right back. I 
hurt your feelings, baby, no You are really cool, but I got stuff to do I hate to break it to you I'm a hard, hard, hard breaker, 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 breaker Baby, I'm a hard, hard, hard breaker, 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 breaker Baby, I'm a hard breaker Heartbreaker, 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 So much for staying tuned to this needs to be said. We're on with Miss T. Royster. She's been sharing with us about natural hair, and she's giving you her website, and we'll get that again so that you too can begin to manage your natural hair and with products that's going to help it grow and keep it nourished. She gave us one tip, and I want to make sure that I say it right. Just for me, hair softener. Um, yes, it's for the babies, but it obviously it's for us as well. But I want to get behind the business of the passion. A lot of times I'm talking with people, um, T, and I am trying to get them to do what they love to do. And I'm talking to them about the business of it, and I love when there's another voice that can give them a different perspective, someone who they haven't heard before that will, you know, help get them on the right path. Now, you were working a job and you started your business. You stayed working your job until – your business was able to 
take care of your finances. So in essence, you were replacing your job, right? Yes, I replaced my job. Okay. Would you um, what What do you recommend that a person looks to start a business or basically create them, themselves a job first? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. The first thing I would I would say is to know what you want to do. And in order to know what you want to do, you got to know who you are. And what I mean by that is you have to know why you are on this earth. For every problem we have on this earth, there was a person born to solve it. For every illness on this earth, there is some sort of plant or herb that was put on this earth to heal it. But it takes people actually tapping into it to find it and then sharing it with the world. So you have to know what your purpose is. Now, what I tell people is your purpose is that one thing that you're passionate about. It's usually that one thing that bothers you about this world. What bothers me is people living in lack, people being in poverty and they don't have to, people suffering with mental illness, the divorce rate, what drugs and alcohol has done to people's families. So because of that, I'm passionate about it because I'm supposed to do something about it. You have people that uh, are passionate about helping kids because they've been molested. They can't stand to see kids abused because maybe you're supposed to work for CPS. That's your purpose. So your Mm -hmm. purpose is connected to your pain because that's what creates the passion. And then you have your gift. Your gift is that one thing you love doing so much that even if nobody paid you, you do it just to help somebody else. It's always about helping somebody else. For me, that's Mm -hmm. teaching. That's speaking. That's motivating. I would do it even if I didn't get a dime for it because that's who I was created to be. When you connect those two together, the world, the universe, God, or whomever you choose to call it, must conspire to help you because you're in divine alignment. A lot of times we're Mm -hmm. passionate about stuff, but it doesn't help anybody else. It just feels good to us. That is a selfish passion. No disrespect Mm. to anybody with selfish passions. But if it's not designed to help this world in some sort of way, you may not be successful in it because it's about you. It's not about why you were created. So that's number one. You don't want to just start a business and you don't even know what you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. It may not be successful. Now, you said something, and I've heard people say, well, I like doing this, you know, and, and you're saying, you, you, you basically said it. The elephant in the room is that that's just selfish. There are some things that we have that we like. Like I like eating goobers. That does nobody any good but me when I'm eating my mm-hmm. goobers. I'm happy eating my goobers. But um, teaching someone, showing someone else what you know. I have this um, thing that I, I do. I do a talk called, if you can teach what you know, you ought to be in radio. And wow. what I found with a lot of the um, commentators is that they had no idea, nothing, you know, no idea about radio. They don't want to do radio. If they do a radio interview, they're not thinking about that, right? And they're, they're always concerned about, do I have a voice for it? Do I, you don't have to have a voice. People want to hear from regular people. I just happen to have a voice that people say is for radio. I, don't, I just have a heavy voice. That's what I think. But people feel like I have a radio voice. I think anybody who can teach what they know has a radio voice because it's just another outlet to build confidence and to let other people window shop you. If you have an online business, it's tough for people to walk by the window day after day to see, well, maybe I'll go in today, maybe I won't. Ooh, I like what they have in the window. No, I don't. They can't window shop you unless you have a way for them to do that, and radio is one of those ways. Now, that is something that I like to do, but it also helps Mm -hmm. other people. It's not a selfish thing at all. 
And when people begin to recognize simply what it's just simple what you said, if it's something that gives to other people as well as yourself, then then you're on to something. And I know some people may be saying, oh, I'm, I'm sick of giving to other people. Well, again, I would say you're still not doing the right thing because if you're feeling disheartened by the thing that you're giving to people, that's still not the right thing to do. Now, T. Royce, so do you feel like sometimes people can be good at a lot of things, not realizing that they're not passionate about any of them, none of them are their purpose, they were just trained to do those things good? I absolutely agree. Yes, you can be good at a lot of things, but there's a difference between a gift, a purpose, and a skill. A skill is something that you've done so much that you're just good at it. That doesn't mean that's why you were put on this earth. You know, you may see somebody that just likes to dance. Well, they may have grown up seeing other people dance, but that doesn't mean that you being a dancer someday and being famous as a dancer is within divine alignment. I'm a firm believer that just like, you know, not to turn it into a religious thing, but just like mm-hmm. when it says that, you know, I knew you before you were born in your mother's room, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. What that mm-hmm. means is before you even hit this earth, the end was foretold in the beginning. So if what you're trying to do does not line up with why you were here, you're not going to be successful. You have, you have some people that come on this earth and they die at two, three years old. The end was already foretold in the beginning, and people are grieving over this. If I was just there, my daughter wouldn't have got killed. If I had just done this, if it was meant to happen, it was going to happen. And that may be for somebody mm-hmm. that may be going through that guilt. You can't mm-hmm. change destiny, but you can get an alignment. So, yes, you can be good at many things, but what are you supposed to be doing? Even though I feel like I'm good at teaching and motivating and speaking, that's not where my avenue was opened up. My avenue was opened up with my hair care, which gave me a platform where now people can hear me. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because it makes sometimes perfect people, sense. Sometimes people don't really want a savior. They just want somebody to look like one. They don't really want help. They really want a handout. So, What Mm -hmm. I mean by that is that the state of the world that we're living in right now with all the corruption and the pain, you should have people booking appointments for massages every day, for therapy every day, to get counseling every day, because we can't afford not to get help. But sometimes Mm -hmm. people don't want help. They just want a handout. Mm -hmm. The difference is I need $50 to pay my light bill before my lights get cut off. Well, man, why are you always broke? They don't want to address that. It's like now you're in my business. No. You know, you you in my you yeah. in my business with the Now you in my business. You know, but give me your money. Just give me fifty dollars. I don't need you to preach to me because you really don't want help. Because help means now we're gonna to get to why you always broke and you blowing your money at the strip club, and they may feel like that ain't your concern. Either you gonna give me the fifty dollars right. or not. They don't want help. Right. They just want something to look like help. You see what I'm saying? Oh. And for those people who are genuinely helping people, you will get you will get um, some some backlash, or you you'll get some criticism, or you don't take all that, or you're doing too much, or just do this much, and you know that the person needs more than water. They need a cup to put the water in. They need a well to dig the water from. They need to know how to go get more water. So they're not coming to you as their supplier all the time. And some people want that control. Some people <clears throat> want to be the person that's always giving the fifty dollars and being able to look down on the person who doesn't have the money. So they won't genuinely help them. They may know, they, either they don't know how to help them, 
and all they know to do is give them $50 or they don't want them to ever be educated enough to never have to come to them again for the money. And, and that's unfortunate. We have something with that. You you hit. I'm sorry. You 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 struck a nerve on that one. You hit something. Oh well, come good on. on that one. <laughs> <laughs> because I used to see a lot of these um, people on TV, and they're saying for fifty nine ninety five, I send you this prayer cloth and this oil to rub the grease on your head and all this and that. That's nothing wrong with that. If that's what you want to do, but that advocates control. Instead of me constantly giving you fifty nine ninety five for your cloth. How about you teach me how to be powerful enough to pray on my own dish rags and put them on my own head? <laughs> if I teach you how to fish, you will eat for the rest of your life. But if yes. I give you a fish, you got to come back to me for the rest of your life to get fed. Teach mm-hmm. me how to fish myself. Then I can teach my kids and my grandkids how to fish, and we'll never go hungry. Because it's not the fish you need, it's wisdom. Absolutely. Wisdom is powerful. Absolutely. Now, Let's say I don't have a business. I come to you, you know, I, I see that you're doing your business and I don't I don't know what you make every year. I don't I don't know your process. I don't know the hours that you work, but I know you're consistent. That's what I do know. On the outside looking in, people can tell certain things about a person. They may not know what your bank statement says, but they know if I came to you last year and you were doing this and I come back a year from now and you're doing the same thing, I see the consistency. So this is what I know. So I'm coming to you for business advice. What would you tell me? I want to get started. I got the one thing. Figure out what my purpose is in this world, something that I can give that helps others as well as um, it helps me too. So I got that part down. What's my next thing to do? I would say you have to invest in wisdom because we would have to do a part five, six, and seven and whatever else just to get to the meat of what we're trying to do because you can't answer that in just one question. But you have to invest in wisdom. The number one way to invest in wisdom is you need a mentor. You already know how to get to where you are. You need somebody that can teach you how to go higher than where you are. And you will never go any higher than your leader. So whoever you choose as a mentor, they have to specifically be skilled in the area that you're trying to advance in. If you want to be a better businesswoman, you need a mentor that is a better businesswoman than you. If you want to make six figures a year, and right now you're making 20000 You already got the 20000 master. You need somebody that can make six figures or at least 50000 to advance you to where you need to be. So mm-hmm. with that mentor, that mentor is going to teach you some stuff because, again, it's wisdom that you need. There's something that that person knows that you don't. And you're going to need step-by-step guidance on how to start where you are to where you're trying to be. And that takes time. You have to be willing to invest. I started investing $40 a month, and I would buy different audio CDs from different mentors. Mm-hmm. I didn't know these people. You don't have to know them personally, but you invest in their products so that everything they know, now I know. That's my opinion. Exactly. Also, YouTube. Find mentors you like on YouTube and start listening to oh, their yes. interviews. Everything yes. they say. One of my favorite mentors in sports business is just my mentor. Don't judge me. Kamora Lee Simmons. I love Kamora. She's a great businesswoman. She's a mother. Her kids come first. She's, you know, major or shown the ability to make uh, or have a multi-million dollar business. To me, she's a great uh, mentor when it comes to that. And then I have spiritual mentors. You know, you may not get everything mm-hmm. in one mentor, 
But when you listen True. and you watch these people, you say, oh, now that makes sense. Oh, okay, that's what I'm going wrong. Today I was watching interviews on Donald Trump and some mm-hmm. of his mentoring videos. You have to have a mentor. You have to. And you have to know where you're going. What about the people that like to um, – the, the shortcut mentality? I I have witnessed people wanting that – well, Catherine, aren't you going to show me how to make money right away? I can show you how to begin to plant the seeds that's going to yield you money, but the patience that I, and this is, I'm giving you my, um, what I've witnessed, and then I'm going to ask you what your thoughts are. Have you experienced this as well? I can show you how to plant the seeds. I've told people about this site called Fiverr.com, and just yesterday they posted an article about a girl who makes her full-time living on Fiverr.com. And people mm-hmm. come back to me, oh, Catherine, that stuff doesn't work. And I was like, well, it's done pretty nice for myself. You know, I have other things that I do, but I do use Fiverr.com, and I know that it, it can work if you work it, if you're patient. But they want to mm-hmm. get that $50 for the light bill right now or whatever it is. They want it right now. And everything that I've looked at, even, you know, I've, I've, you know, I've heard the stories when you go to these meetings and, this person got their house out of foreclosure, and I'm thinking, well, how close were they to foreclosure? Because, you know, I know the process, it does take a little while, but when you're right at the courthouse steps and they're getting ready to take your stuff, I don't know how many lipsticks you can sell that's going to keep you out of foreclosure. So every process I've ever tried, it has taken a process to get the money and to begin to build the money up and to begin to build a reputation that people trust you, know you, and like you in that particular industry before you start seeing larger sums of money come in. So for people who come to me who want a shortcut, who want it fast right now, I I don't have an answer for them, and I'm wondering uh, if you do. Well, I I was trying to take notes a little bit because you put some good stuff (laughs) out there. Um, The first thing that I want to say is the people that want fast results, I'm not mad at them because I'm one of those people that I like fast results as well. So I may be, Mm -hmm. you know, a little biased in that area. The reason why I say that is because after 14 years of counseling, I've had to learn to diagnose the person's problem, come up with a plan and a solution. And every month when they came to see me, we had to document progress. What have you been doing? So this taught Mm -hmm. me that within 30 days, you should be able to see some sort of progress in your life. Maybe you're not going to be where you want to be, but you're not where you Mm -hmm. were last month. So Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with having short-term and long-term goals. Now, if you say I'm in foreclosure right now, but you're on Fiverr, I can understand that frustration because they're not going to make that much money right off on Fiverr, but they can use Fiverr for other things. Fiverr is a wonderful resource, wonderful. You may need to be making more money doing something else, but most importantly, you need to know why you got in foreclosure. There is something that you're doing that led you to that position in life. You have to address that first because if not, foreclosure is going to come back again in another form. You don't want that. Mm -hmm. Also, you have to realize that everything happens for a reason, and no matter how bad your life is right now, you are exactly where you're supposed to be because you're supposed to be learning something out of the situation that's going to bless you enough to help you to be stronger tomorrow. And if you're lucky, you can share that wisdom with somebody else. That's what makes the world go round. That's how we get information through other people's mistakes. So if that means getting a second job, if that means coming up with a different plan, there is something that person is doing that needs to be tweaked a little bit, and that's why they're in that position. 
And then you got to be careful mm-hmm. what you ask for because you just might get it. That person may say, well, if I'm not supposed to be in this relationship and I'm supposed to move to Chicago back with my mom, give me a sign. Well, bam, now you got a notice on the door saying they're going to put you out in 2.5 days <laughs> and you don't know what to do and you're upset. Well, didn't you just ask for a sign on whether it's time to pack up and move to Chicago? You know, it's like you go to a restaurant and you order something, but you're mad when the waitress bring you the bill. That's what you ask for that taste of the mushroom. And that, that is a great analogy. Boo-boo? You know, you, that is you a great ordered that. Analogy. Now, so you do you have it. Yeah, do you have anything that helps a person to get money faster rather than slower? Um, to get it faster. Again, that would depend on what they're trying to do. It depends on the plan. And and the more you ask me this, the more I'm saying I really need to get busy starting my series on mentoring on everything that I've learned because there are people out there that can benefit from it. Mm-hmm. And you're asking some really, really good questions. But I guess I was afraid that if I put it out there, people may not buy. They may not purchase the information. But, oh, you know, no, I know you I know better. To... I know you know better. <laughs> well, you I, know thank better you. Than I thank you for <laughs> making sure I know better as of today. But, um, <laughs> but it, it depends on what the person is doing. That's such a broad question because I don't know what they are. I don't know what the resources are. It may take them mm-hmm. actually taking on a second job. There is a time when mm-hmm. I was in financial hardship, and I've gone through some things, and I worked during the day for eight hours, and then I got a part-time job at Walmart at night. To me, it, it felt a little bad because I was working part-time. I wasn't making very much money. Here I am, you know, a college graduate, and I felt like, you know, I'm not making what I should be making but it sufficed the income that I needed to get out of the hole because I had to dig my way back out. You do Mm -hmm, what you mm -hmm. have to do to get on your feet, but you change whatever you were doing to put you there. And one thing I tell Mm -hmm. people is once you've been to hell, you're not going back if you truly had a hell experience. And I've had a hell experience before. So you teach yourself, I'm not going back to Broke Avenue, never again. And you stop putting yourself in that position. So that's such a broad question. You know, I would really have to do an analysis of what that person is doing with their life and their money and mm-hmm. what they're willing to do. Because they may say, mm-hmm. well, I'm not about to do that to make extra money. You know, it depends on the person. Yeah, I've, I've heard, and I've heard that a lot. Um, I listen to, there's a two-year-old in my life now, and he'll say, I don't want it. I don't want it. And I hear a lot of grown people say, I don't want it. I don't, And I say, that's why you don't get it. You won't get it. And, you know, he said wow. he doesn't want it. He's not going to eat something or he doesn't. Really, he don't want to go to bed or he, he wants something else. He, you know, he's looking at mm-hmm. your food. He doesn't want that thing. He wants this thing, whatever. But there's a lot from the two-year-old that I've learned and that I'm learning. And when adults say, I don't want it, well, you do have to do some things that you don't want to in order to get where you're going. I've said I don't want to a lot of times, and it has gotten me in some situations that I could have avoided. What I'm finding when people are needing to make money fast is, one, they have gotten themselves into a situation. Maybe they, di- they didn't recognize it at the time. They didn't recognize mm-hmm. that using all your vacation days and then taking off some days without um, pay will eventually mm-hmm. put you in a financial bind. Maybe um, working inconsistently, maybe um, blowing your money, maybe having mm-hmm. a job where you're not making enough money, whatever it is. And we're not saying that it's always a bad decision. You're just not aware because you may be working a – 
a job and working really hard is just never going to be enough money for you. Um, if you're starting your own business, the patience is what I'm noticing is missing. Um, not being clear about what it is you're supposed to be doing. You're not clear that you need $2,000 a month to cover the household bills. You're not clear about that, so you go get a job that you hate, and you're not clear about that either. So now you, you got a job you don't like. You're not clear about your purpose. It's not enough money. You, you make 1500 every month. And you need two thousand, and you're not trying to, you're not mm-hmm. figuring out why I work so hard. I'm not making enough because the math isn't mm-hmm. right. But the other thing exactly. is, is the patience. When you start something new, just like when you start a nine to five, they tell you most jobs if they have growth opportunities. Let me put it that way. You are told, okay, in this amount of time, thirty days, sixty days, ninety days, we're going to reevaluate you six months, a year, whenever we're going to consider you for a raise, they tell you what the growth potential is so you can begin to calculate that in your brain if you want, or there may be other positions in the company that you can make a bigger jump. You can go from making Mm -hmm. 20000 to 30000 if you qualify for this other job, but it's still a process. It's still patience. It's still qualifying in some ways to let them know that you are worthy of that raise. Now, working for yourself, um, when I had my cleaning service, I had to work for a little while, and I'm not going to say I had to, but I asked for one rate per hour, and they agreed to it. Several months later, I felt like they were still pleased, and because I would worked in corporate, 90 days later, I sat down and said, listen, I'd like to talk about a raise. And the funny thing is, I asked, I, was, I think it was $12 an hour that I was cleaning, and then I asked for 15 and she said yes quickly to 15 She said, I would have given you 20 if you had asked, and you kind of kick yourself, but here we are. And you, you give mm-hmm. yourself the raise, but it's still patience. People want to start a job, and they want to start at the top. Well, I have all this experience. Yes, you do. You do have all that experience. But coming into this company, their, their rules are you come in as entry level, and it's a process. You know, you're going to begin at the beginning. Um, there's no skipping to the end because you miss the, the journey. You miss all the lessons you learn along the way by trying to skip ahead. Um, mm-hmm. There are some things, there are lots of things that will be quite lucrative for you, but you're going to have to have the patience. And I call it birthing pains, um, T, because when we begin a, a, a job, you have to work a week in a hole or however long it is before you get that first check before you start getting a consistent check coming in. And some people mm-hmm. keep wanting to have grand openings for their business. Well, I know that feeling of new and grand is, is, is wonderful because it starts to, you know, wane off after a while and nobody really thinks you're so special because it's not new but you have to push through that. What are you learning? What are you uh-huh. doing while people aren't focused so much on you? Are you developing a new product? Are you getting ready to launch something new? Are you being patient? Are you nurturing your business? Are you doing what T said to invest in yourself? Are you getting um, audio files? And listen, if your budget does not allow you to cash, put cash out for something, one of the things that I've done and others have done around me, we, we swap materials. We swap audio books. Or you go on YouTube. YouTube is free. If you're already on the Internet, on your phone or on a computer, you can go and you can hear speeches by people that you admire. You can Google um, search uh, topics. There are some PDF books that you can get. I love um, Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. I have the PDF copy that I got for free online, and you can do that. It's not illegal. Um, You can also just pay, I think, $5 to get a book shipped to you. Um, and you have the full copy, and if you decide you want a hardbound, but whatever, your budget is, the resources are out there, but you have to begin. I like what you said, T, about knowing the root of the problem, knowing the root of the problem, because no matter how much this other stuff I just said to everyone, 
no matter how much of that stuff I say, if they don't know what the root is, they're going to end up back there. And they're going to say, I did everything Catherine said, and I'm still in the same spot. Well, you didn't dig up the root. So this has been great. This has been great. And it's definitely um, awakened some things in me, refreshing my, my mind with it. Before we wrap up here with you today, I want you to close us up with some words of wisdom, give your website and how people can connect with you outside of this interview. Okay. Um, the website, once again, is blackhairgrowth.biz. You can also find us on Facebook, which is Ancient Secrets Hair Growth. It's just facebook.com backslash um, Ancient Secrets Hair Growth. And enclosure, you know, you mentioned having patience because patience is so important when you're starting a business. Sometimes you have to have something that will hold you over. For example, you know, if you're cooking and you're hungry and you're smelling the food, you're mad because you want to eat, but those beans are not ready yet. Well, maybe you can just go eat mm-hmm. a granola bar until the food gets done. Maybe you mm-hmm. can do something else to suffice your income. If you know you're making 1500 and you're building 2000 you're way out of line because you need to be making 50% more than your bills. So if your bills are 2000 you need to be making 3000 a month. That gives you a half a month to save every single month. But most importantly, where you are right now is where you are supposed to be. Wisdom is what takes you from where you are to where you're supposed to be. So I love those are my words. I love well, thank you, know you we so got much. Part two, right? We got we got to. We we absolutely have to. We do. We absolutely do. I'm in, I'm enjoying um, the the wisdom that you're sharing. I, I'm enjoying the perspective does not absolutely have to agree with mine, which is great because it gives everyone, you know, different points of view because we all have different points of view. The goal is to get people in their best places, you know, so I right. thank you uh, for sharing that. So we absolutely have to do this again. Thank you for your time. Thank you for being a part of This Needs to Be Said. So until next time, all right? All right. Thank you. Bye. There will never be a point in your, time, in your life where it's the right time to do a great thing. If you're waiting for that perfect, perfect moment, that perfect timing is not going to happen. You know what you have to do? You have to create the perfect time and the perfect opportunity and the perfect situation. That a lot of people become comfortable. They stop growing. They stop wanting anything. They, they become satisfied. People getting ready to go to jobs that they don't like. Jobs that are making them sick. You see, when you're not pursuing your goal, you are literally committing spiritual suicide. When you have some goal out here that you're stretching for and reaching for, that takes you out of your comfort zone, you'll find out some talents and abilities you have that you didn't know you have. When the messenger of misery visits you, what are you going to do? What will keep you in the game? There are things that you think you'll never need to know that you may only need to know one time in your life, but that could save your life because you had that knowledge. Unless you attempt to do something beyond that which you've already mastered, you will never grow. What is it that you looked at at some point in time and you decided that you couldn't do it, that you talked yourself out of it? 
You're waiting on your next door neighbor to make it happen for you. It may not happen. If you're waiting on your mother or your father, they may be so ancient in their thinking that they don't understand this opportunity that you have. And if you're waiting on them, it may never get done. You don't beg average people to be phenomenal. You don't beg good people to be phenomenal. You just are phenomenal and you will attract phenomenal. What reason can you remember that you can call on, that you can reach on, that can make you get back up? Find that reason. If you're not where you are, if you're not where you want to be, if you don't have what you want, want to have, if you're not where you think you should be at this particular place, it has nothing to do with the system, but it has everything to do with the fact that you're not making the sacrifice. I want you to make that dream become a reality because if you don't, you will be working for somebody else to make their dreams become a reality. Everybody is against you or don't believe in you no more. And let me tell you something, that's a lonely feeling. It's a lonely feeling, particularly people that you're doing it for. Most people take their greatness, take their ideas to the graveyard with them. Listen to me, if it was easy, everybody would do it. There are people right now who are working who don't want to work. There are people who hate their job, but they keep getting up to do it. The wealthiest place on the planet is the graveyard. Because in the graveyard we will find inventions that we never ever were exposed to. Ideas, dreams that never became reality. Hopes and aspirations that were never acted upon. The question is, what are you going to do with your time? What drives you? Greatness is a lot of small things done well. Day after day, workout after workout, obedience after obedience, day after day. When things don't work out for you, when things happen that you could not anticipate, what are the reasons that you can think of that can keep you strong? You will never ever be successful until you turn your pain into greatness, until you allow your pain to push you from where you are to push you to where you need to be. Stop running from your pain and embrace your pain. Your pain is going to be a part of your pride, a part of your product. I, I challenge you to push yourself. See, it's easy to be on the bottom. It doesn't take any effort to be a loser. It doesn't take any motivation, any drive in order to stay down there on a low level. But it calls on everything in you. You have to harness your will to say, I'm going to challenge myself. I mean that what you did last week don't count. Today, today is the only important day. There are 86,400 seconds in a day, and how you use those are critical. You got 86,400 today, and what you do today is going to see me who you are. Nobody's going to talk about what you did last week. that the biggest enemy you have to deal with is yourself. There's an old African proverb that says, if there's no enemy within, the enemy outside can do us no harm. You have this opportunity of a lifetime. It means absolutely nothing if you don't take advantage of it in the lifetime of this opportunity. I got a thing that when life knocks you down, try and land on your back, because if you can look up, you can get up. If you want a thing bad enough to go out and fight for it, to work day and night for, to give up your time, your peace, and your sleep. If all that you dream and scheme is about it, and life seems useless and worthless without it, 
Maybe it's time now. If you want to make this your decade, you've got to start saying yes to your life. You've got to start saying yes to your dreams. Yes to your unfolding future. Yes to your potential. As opposed to saying no. When you die, die on eat. Leave no dream left behind, God. Leave no opportunity left behind. When you leave this earth, accomplish every single thing you can accomplish. Listen to me. You're going to be here one day, but you'll never get here if you give up, if you give in, if you quit. And finally, God, you got to want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe. Everyone in the world has gone to bed one night or another with fear or pain or loss or disappointment. And yet each of us has awakened, arisen, uh, somehow made our ablution, seen other human beings, and said, Morning, how are you? Fine, thanks in you. It's amazing. Wherever that abides in the human being, there is the nobleness of the human spirit. Despite it all, black and white, Asian, Spanish, Native American, pretty, plain, thin, fat, Vow to celibate, we rise.
thank you for joining us today. We hope you've gained something from what has been shared. Special thanks to the creators of the TNTBS jingle. It was written by Lamont Champ Josie and composed by Robert Jenkins. Thank you to everyone who supports us by downloading the phone app at thisneedstobesaid.com, by commenting on the TNTBS talk show fan page on Facebook, by retweeting us on Twitter at TNTBS, by also sharing this show with your friends. Thank you for logging in through your computer, as well as calling in to listen on the phone lines. Now go out and tell more people about this great show. If you thought the show sucked, tell them anyway. Bad news travels fast is what I'm told. Either way, tell them to tune in each weekday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're always looking for new guest commentators, awesome topics, and most of all, we want your opinion. Visit us at www.thisneedstobesaid.com. We'd love to hear from you. There's an elephant in the room. You were thinking it, so we're going to talk about it. Until we meet again in the same place at the same time, have a super day.